Is God calling you off the beaten path of faith? Are you feeling the itch to explore other churches, denominations, or maybe even religions? Do you feel disillusioned with the faith of your upbringing? Then you need a friend, and this episode is for you. Welcome to the Signpost In Podcast. I'm Brandon Booth, and in this episode, we're discussing how a spiritual director can accompany you when God leads you off the beaten path of faith. There's certainly comfort in sticking to that well-worn path, but sometimes God invites us to follow him into the wilderness. Some people call it deconstruction or disentangling or disillusionment. Others experience it positively, maybe as exploration or even expansion. But whatever you call it, or however you experience it, there are times that you need a skillful and compassionate guide, someone who can help you discern your own motivations as well as God's invitations. So I invite you to join me and my co-host Matt Boland as we discuss how spiritual direction provides safety and discernment when it feels like God is leading you down unfamiliar roads. So let's learn to embrace uncertainty and walk in faith, not fear. Matt, it's great to see you today. Glad to have you along for this particular episode. Peter is not able to make it to this time, but it's Good to see you. Yep. It's good to see you too, Brandon. We're going to miss Peter, but I think this is going to be a good discussion. Yeah. I, I, I have to confess right up front that I'm actually pretty nervous about this one. Well, you should be because it, about half of the things that you just said makes me want to say, all right, we're got to put Brandon on the prayer list at church because he's completely <laughs> left the reservation. He has gone off the deep end and uh, we just got to pray for that poor man. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to those who are listening that that are feeling the the pull or feeling like they're off the beaten path, I I know what it feels like to have people say that about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to say, oh no, you're mm -hmm. gone. I need to, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, it's a this is a big topic and it's a difficult topic. And I think we don't talk about it enough because I think a lot of people are experiencing this kind of off, got, having gotten off the path, so to speak, yeah. or even feeling the pull to try new things or to explore new paths and are very uncertain and very scared of the, what that might mean. Sure. And there's a lot of pressures. Yeah, know? there's a lot of pressure. And I would even push a little bit to say, it's not that we don't talk about it a lot, because I think there is a lot of talk. I don't think we talk about it very well. I think... Yeah. What's wrapped up in it a lot is mostly fear. And yeah. And in that fear, I think, especially because if we're talking with somebody who's in a place that like this and they come to us, our temptation is to want to protect them out of love and and say, no, right. no, 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 those do those doubts are bad. Those things you're feeling are bad. Just cut those off and, and stay within the walls of, of all the mm -hmm. safe and all the protected areas of our church and you're going to get over whatever funk you're in. Right. And I think the compassion there is right, but I think mm -hmm. the fear and the desire to control another person's spiritual walk mm -hmm. is misplaced. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciate the word misplaced. Like, I feel like the, it's and that maybe we'll have time to unpack all of this, but in my experience with with my own wanderings and ex explorations and other people's wanderings and explorations, it feels like you your your initial response to those who 
who are trying to protect you is to be angry and say that they're just trying to control you and keep you. And the reality is it's more often than not just misplaced care. And there's some learning, there's some real health in being able to ex- receive and honor mm-hmm. that care, but not be controlled yeah. by it. But th- I think we got ahead of ourselves a little bit, to be honest. To those of you who have just jumped into this show saying, okay, I'm hoping that they will answer my question, like give me the answer to how to get off this trail that I feel like I'm lost on or how to solve my disillusionment struggles or deconstruction questions or, oh no, I feel like I'm losing my faith. First, I want to just validate those questions, validate those fears and say, I get it. And then I want to tell you, here's the message. You can stop listening after this if you want to. Hmm. There really is one thing I want to communicate today, which is don't do it alone. And that's it. Like find a trustworthy guide Find some trustworthy friends that you can have these conversations with honestly. And what I mean by trustworthy is someone who is or people who are not going to try to control you, who are outside the circles of your family and maybe even your church to some extent because of the pressures that they're going to feel to try to keep you in that circle, but who is also skillful and wise at helping you to discern your own motives and helping you to question and think about those motives in a way that is wise and a way that is caring and loving. And there's a lot packed into those words, but that's, that's the message I really have for you is don't do this alone. Right. And, and I think when people are in that place, because they don't get a good response, they test the waters and because they don't feel like they can trust uh, people with what they're actually feeling, they do go it alone. They do isolate and say, I can't share my struggles. I can't, I can't share what I'm feeling with anybody because I tried that and I got shut down hard. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I just, one last thing on that. That's why I would say to seek out guides and friends who are skillful, but Ideally, I think they do need to be somewhat outside your immediate circles. They can be unagended mm-hmm. with your faith yeah. because, because you're, you're not leaving their church. You're not leaving their circle. You're not threatening their, their teaching, etc. And And I want to give compassion to people who feel like I taught you and you're leaving it. And how can you not? I get that. And th- those people need help too. Yeah. <laughs> but for the person who's exploring, you need wise guides. So that's the message of the show, but we can jump into it a little more deeply. So yeah, let's, let's do that. Well, and, and before we, before we really get started, it, and this might be off, off topic a little bit, but what you just said reminded me of the fact that a lot of the pastors I know actually have other pastor friends in different towns or different states that they occasionally just maintain a relationship with, talk every month or so to just talk about their struggles because there's not a lot of people in their own congregation that they can have honest conversations with. Right. And so in a, in a funny way, this is very similar to that. This is very similar to that struggle of, I need somebody to just unload some stuff on, but I can't really do it with my most immediate people because they're going to feel threatened. Right. Uh, you know, our first question here on the script, so to speak, is why would God right. lead someone off a familiar path? And what are some examples? 
And I actually think that what you just said is one of the examples. I think many pastors will resonate with this feeling that because of my role as a ministry leader, because of my job as as the guardian and protector, not only of the people, but the doctrine of my church, it's really, really dangerous, or it at least feels very dangerous when you have a question that might differ with the the established doctrine, yeah. the established sets, the context of the church. And that's a good example of someone feeling like God is saying, I want you to explore this topic. And that's scary. Yeah. I think all of us at some point are led down paths by God. And we're going to get to the question of how do we know who who's leading here, but that we start to question the faith of our childhood. Yeah. I believe that's extremely healthy. You may wind back up right where you started. That's wonderful. But the process of exploring other denominations, other um, expressions of the faith, even other religions can be really healthy and God-directed, I think, as you begin that process of maturing and saying, I don't know if I really agree. I've, everything I've accepted so far just as truth from my childhood, now I have to actually probe it and prod it and question it and compare it. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy process. It doesn't always end in healthy places, but that's another that's another aspect of this, and that's okay. There are plenty of people who, hearing you say that, are going to want to push back and say, now, hold on, what exactly do you mean? And I guess one thing that I want to go to is, well, is there anything historically that's been given the test of time that we can say, okay, that was a departure from the correct path, and it actually resulted in a good. Let's, let's talk about some real examples, because it might all sound just like heresy if we don't have any good examples yeah. of what it what a situation where it is a good thing if i understand the question correctly i have two thoughts that come to mind one is i am suspicious of the use of the word correct path okay and i am suspicious of it not because i don't think there is a correct path but because i'm suspicious of any of us using that language and assuming we know what it is it's very very simple perhaps too simple, to just assume I already know the correct path for me, for you, for anybody, and that obviously that's the correct path. There's a, there's a certain kind of arrogance and pride in that, and even more so, I think what you said earlier, a kind of fear. I'm afraid mm -hmm. of actually admitting my own limitations and my own knowledge, hmm. and it's much, much more comfortable to be like, well, confessional Lutheranism, it's the right path. And obviously, if you're listening to God, you're going to wind up on the right path, which is confessional Lutheranism, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, okay, look, I'm pretty convinced of the truth of confessional Lutheranism as being, quote unquote, the right path. Yeah. But it takes a certain amount of courage to remain humble and say, and yet the Lord gets to decide. My own life includes a major transition away from one denomination to another. And the experience had to be, the only way to do it healthily, I thought for me, 
was to experience it as being, but this is the Lord's leading. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't answer to you or to a denomination or to a church. I answer to God. And if God is leading me down this path to confessional Lutheranism or baptism or whatever, whatever it is, I have to tell you, I believe as a faithful servant of my Lord, you need to follow God, not me. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to say, I, I'm reminded of in college, I worked for a man who in his spiritual journey, he started out, he got saved in a charismatic church, went on to become a Methodist where he was nurtured and grew up in the faith. And then as an adult, finally settled on becoming a Catholic. Every single step along those stages was be like, wait, why are you leaving this particular expression, that's obviously wrong. You're going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And yet I think the fruit of this man's life shows he is passionately committed to Jesus and committed to the church. And it's, it's just something that transcends denominational boundaries, the, the, the path that God put him on. Nobody could really question that if you, if you knew him. The challenge I would have is what if someone goes to another church, any church or no church at all. And I can't from the outside say about them, they're passionate about Jesus. Maybe they don't even like Jesus. Are they on the wrong path? Hmm. And I don't have a good answer to that question. I think that kind of leads me to the second thought I had about this idea of the correct path. I feel like frequently we very narrowly define it in terms of correct beliefs, correct behavior within a very small, limited time frame context. So I'm watching people make what I see as being very bad decisions, obviously for themselves or for others. And I say they're on the wrong path. And I think let's leave room for that truth there. There is some reality to that. On the other hand, God sees the path in a much larger perspective than I do. And he sees it on a time frame and a goal frame much bigger than I could ever see it. So who am I to say... And we, we got to be careful here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lead to relativism, mm-hmm. but, but, but there is a real, I think, something we need to acknowledge here. Who am I to say you're on the wrong, quote unquote, path in God's economy, in God's story? Okay. I- I'm tracking with you. And I feel like, yeah, I can't really say that what you're saying is heretical or wrong. But at the same time, I, I do feel, even within myself, the, the sense of like, okay, but how do you know what are the warning signs of completely abandoning um, faith in God? You know, I mean, we call orthodoxy orthodoxy because this is what is orthodox. This is what are the warning signs of if you're, if you're on the wrong path? It may be, it may be not the, the, the typically well-worn path of what most people experience, but how do you know if you're in the wrong place? Because that's yeah. scary too. Yeah. I guess I want to make another slight distinction here. Let's be careful not to ask this question in terms of right doctrine and right denominations. Okay. In other words, I am not saying to you that all religions are equal, nor am I saying that there isn't an orthodox set of doctrines that are correct. In other words, there is a truth. So I would compare this to like, it's similar to a scientific truth, right? The, the evidence leads us to a truth that is objectively observable by people who are 
uh, able to see clearly. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. So I will happily go on record saying I do not believe that Islam is a true religion in the sense that it is. I believe Christianity is the true religion. That doesn't mean I don't. I I, I love the people in Islamic religion. Mm -hmm. The people are valuable to God, but they are not worshiping the true God. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. So let's set aside the like comparative religion, comparative denomination discussion. There is a circle of, of orthodoxy and some things are in it and some things are outside of it. Now we could debate that another time where that circle, that line on that circle is drawn, but let's say it's there. But then there's this other question, which is the question that I want to talk about today, which is the individual's experience and walk through this, this world of all these different things, but specifically their relationship with God. And when I'm talking about God sees the path on a larger scale than I do, God may actually have some people wander through very difficult, very dark, very non-Christian places for a while. Mm. And I and I want to trust him enough to believe that the path that he has them on is his is guided by mm. him. Now, at the same time, and this is where this all gets very tricky. This is why, like, remember, okay, if you get lost in this episode, remember. One, this is the back porch. We're spitballing. So that always gets me off the hook. <laughs> Two, I would want to remind people of the first thing I said. Don't do this alone because this is not the kind of thing that we can just give you short answers to. This is really a question of discernment over time with the Lord and yourself. And I think that's the question you're asking, right? Like, let's make it concrete for a moment. As a spiritual director, someone walks in and says, this is purely hypothetical. Someone is struggling with the faith of their childhood. They were raised in a religious Christian home, and they're actually having real questions about whether God is good or whether he even exists and are living what we might experience as being a dual life, going to their church that they grew up in on Sundays and then on the rest of the week, hanging out with people who hate God and or don't care about God and are, are living a very non-Christian, non-religious life. And there's a real confusion there. Is the right way to handle that, and this is a way to, I think, answer the question that you're asking, is the right way to, quote unquote, help this person handle this thing, to tell them warning signs are you're being selfish, hmm. you're just wanting to have pleasure, you're just rejecting. No, I think if you were to jump in and start saying those things, then you're being a very unwise and unhelpful guide. The question is a question of discernment. Yeah. We need to take the time to actually understand what are you reacting to? What do you want? What it, where is the anger coming from? What is the frustration or fear? And it may be different. And I, it's not, it may be, it is different for every individual who goes through this. Mm. So, I can't give you the five warning signs that you're off the right, you're off the trail and you're going down a bad way because it's a matter of applying, I think, larger principles wisely and discerningly to an individual's experience. I, I don't feel like I've said enough about that, but I've just talked for like 20 minutes. So, well, and I think putting this in the category of discernment is, is key. And that really does it for me of recognizing this isn't just sowing wild oats. This isn't just putting on the the mask of saying, oh, I'm exploring things when actually all you're really wanting to do is 
go out and experience all the world has to offer and, and abandon God. It's not that. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's, it's a discernment thing. So I, that helps. That helps me. Well, and it's, I think this is where that, again, that, that person who can remain mostly objective and unagended with you is helpful because it, I'll speak for myself, my motives are never single. Hmm. <laughs> my motives are never pure one motive. Yes, wanting to explore outside of my childhood faith was partly well motivated by a desire to know the truth and partly badly motivated by my desire to just give the finger to my childhood. And it takes care to disentangle those things. And then there's a whole nother thing that I want to add in here because, and this is where spiritual direction in particular is going to be helpful as opposed to like just friendship and just people or just somebody who helps you discern your own motives. Because there's the motivations of God, the invitations of God that also need to be discerned. Where is God actually inviting? And I like to say about God, I really, I I think he's a very precise surgeon and obviously far more wise. He can, because he knows your heart better than anyone could ever possibly know it, he can know that the path of healing you have to take away from something, let's, let's take a clear, obvious example, a destructively legalistic childhood faith that has actually put the person into this place that is your needs, your desires are never allowed. Mm. The only thing you have to do is be completely selfless all the time, which means you're always giving and never being fed. You're always working. You're always, that's hard to explain. There's more to it, but okay. God knows that you may need the, the pendulum has to swing the other way for a while. And you, you might veer into in God's perspective, although I can't sit in judgment on this because I don't really know. You might, you might actually have to be selfish for a while, like truly selfish for a while in order to find a balance. And I think God's surgeon capacity, like his, his, he knows how to walk you through that. And he's not afraid that you've swung off too far the other way. And oh no, now you're going to fall off the cliff because he knows how to in his work, he's going he's gonna to help you find this place that's mm. true. And it reminds me of Ronald Rollheiser's our episode. We've referred to this many times. He talks about God being like a GPS. Right. He's always recalculating. And he's never afraid and he's never worried. Mm. You go off the right trail and he's like, ah, great. We have a new route. Yeah, no. But I, I would mean... even suggest a little more than that. Like sometimes the GPS leads you off what you thought was the right path into very dark places. Because he knows you need it. Yeah. Now, it's not without danger, and it's not without the possibility of falling off a cliff sometimes, but it's still, I think, one of the jobs Mm -hmm. of the spiritual guide, the wise person, the discerning person, is to both model and hold the trust of God in this story. Whatever happens, I'm not going to trust you or me. I'm going to trust God in this story. Well, and this may not be exactly what I'm in line with that, but... It does make me think of the the fact that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert for 40 days. Granted, that's Jesus. It's a different thing. But at the same time. No, but that's exactly the right thing. Yeah. Yes. I, sorry, I cut you off. But yes, that's a great example. Yeah. 
Yeah, because, uh, well, and, and of course, in a childlike way, we can sometimes think, well, God would never lead us to a desert. That's dumb. But sometimes he does. And I can't help but also think of the chapter in Heinz Feet when the shepherd leads her to a precipice that is seemingly um, impassable. It's like, why? And, and she complains. Why? I can't believe you would ever do this to me. And yet it was. And, and, and she had something very specific that she, w- she needed to learn through that leg of the journey. So yeah, no, I, I'm tracking with you on that. I will say, okay, so just to balance out the, if you're feeling very like, oh my gosh, this is so squishy and so weird and there's so many doors open to all kinds of possibility of danger, I'm just going to fess up and say, yes, amen. I think that's actually what's happening mm-hmm. here. I think that might be an invitation to really trust Jesus, mm-hmm. to trust God with the, with the story of others. And to actually, when I start to feel threatened by other people's quote unquote wanderings, there's an invitation there from God too, into deeper trust with him. But to balance that all out, I think Proverbs chapters one through five are really helpful. How so? What do you mean? Well, they're the passages that right, the beginning of Proverbs is basically listen to the instruction of your fathers and don't veer off the path. Don't go off the path to men of violence. Don't follow the seductress, uh, etc. And wisdom calls out at the corner and she asks you to follow and listen mm. to her. So I don't think I know necessarily the exact correct. If, if we're thinking of the correct path in terms of the exact correct beliefs and the exact correct behavior, I don't have that for you. But if we're thinking of it in terms of Seeking after wisdom and discernment, hmm. then I think there are things that I can offer you to help you, hmm. which is one question might just be, what does it look like to seek wisdom in this time? Who are we listening to? Hmm. Let's evaluate the people that we're listening to. Are they good? Are they healthy? Or are they violent and seductive? <laughs> so it's... I don't think we are completely without guidance here. I just think we have to be careful to discern it from, I know exactly the right things you ought to think and do, and the let's seek wisdom and discernment. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess let me just bounce off that just a little bit. The very direct question we might be asking here is, how do I discern if the promptings, if the leading is from God or from somebody else or from God or Satan, right. <laughs> good or evil. Right. And I think one, right back to the beginning of the show, this is where somebody skillful in helping you go through that process is helpful in general, which is really dangerous. I, like it's, I think it's really dangerous to give general principles for how to discern whether it's from God or someone else, because that tempts us to be like, oh, well, I have the general principles. Now I can do it on my own. In general, okay, no, don't do that. <laughs> but in general, The first step is to slow down. The first step is to sit beside the trail and begin to notice where we are Hmm. and how we got here. If If you use that analogy very clearly, I find myself being, I've come across a, I've come across a crossroads. There's an option for a path that seems way off what would be my normal comfort zone. Yeah. Maybe it's exploring a different church. Maybe it's exploring a different religion. Maybe it's, I don't know. 
I think the first wise thing to do is to pause. Let's just, let's stop. Let's look backwards for a while and notice the path we've been on. Yeah. What's good about it? What's bad about it? What's been helpful? What's been hurtful? Where has God been obvious along those paths? Let's also pause and take a good, slow, gentle gaze at what we know from, from God, from his word, what we don't know, what we struggle with, mm. with God and in his word. Like I, these are just very beginning steps. And, and what you're describing there from what the last previous episodes we've talked about is essentially what takes place during spiritual direction is we're going to, oh, we're going to sit down by this campfire and we are going to just do some reflecting. Yeah. And, and here's why, again, don't go it alone. Those questions, th those, I don't know, I just asked like four or five questions. Mm -hmm. Those are really, really difficult questions to answer when I am in a space of shame mm -hmm. or when I'm in a space of fear or when I'm in relationships, which have huge amounts of pressure on me. Like, it's really hard to take stock of where I've been. Yeah. And what questions I have of God, if if just asking those questions feels terrifying, let alone taking the path that I might feel like I want to try. Yeah. So you need a space, you need a relationship in which it's safe to ask those questions. Yeah. And then as you answer them, where have I been? Just take that first question. Let's pause. Let's look back and see how the path I've been on and where God has been in it. Who? Well, having someone to, as you answer that, be slow enough and discerning enough to ask some other questions too. Okay, so you've, you've been on a path where you have felt like, just to use an example, right? God is that the point of all of this, this journey with God, is to get it right. You've got to have, you got to know exactly the right stuff. And you have been on a path where you have felt like God has been highly disappointed with you whenever you've stepped out of line and thought the wrong thing. Mm. I want to value that. I want to honor that. And then I want to ask, is that really God? Okay, that question alone could take weeks, months, some of us, for me, years to really unpack, is that really God? I, I have to go to his word. I have to pray. I, but I need the help to unpack that because I am not quite capable of discerning yeah. By myself, who the the real God from the God I have in my mind all the time, the God I have in my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I just I need help to unpack that. Yeah. Well, and and we've we've talked a lot, um, and I, I we've we've mentioned something in this vein before on the podcast, but there is in at this point, a lot of our discussion has been the fear, right? And yeah. oh, this is deconstruction and it's it's bad because it's basically just um, completely dismantling every uh, the faith itself, but there is a counter to that, which some people will instead of calling it deconstruction, they'll call it disentangling. Disentangling yeah. my true experience of the real living God from some things that maybe aren't essential to that to to my experience yeah. of God, to my walk with God. I can think of a, a specific friend in my own church who came out of a a church environment that was very unhealthy. 
and the process of them kind of waking up and realizing this isn't this isn't God, this is man. This is man controlling this church, this is controlling us, and is is not out for our best, but is actually out to control right. us. And it became a good thing to finally disentangle from those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's say we've sat for a while and done some of this gentle exploratory work and together or you with God, yeah, I need to do, I need to take this path. I need to go off the beaten trail and I need to wander down this very different path for a while. Whatever that may be. It may not even be denominational or religious. It may be a different life choice. <laughs> I need to change jobs. I need to do something that's scary that that just doesn't seem like the right thing for me at this time, right? I feel bad I haven't brought this up until now because if anybody's in that space, they turned this show off long ago because it doesn't apply to them. But it does, right? It may have nothing to do with your religious beliefs at all. It may have to do with getting married, <laughs> you know, I mean, like these these paths that just don't feel safe anyway. But let's say you've let's say now you you've become convinced it's not just in your feelings. We know God is leading you down this path. Mm -hmm. Well, now the need shifts to having someone go with you. You're not alone down this path. Obviously, God goes with you, but that's part of the job of the spiritual director too, which is to continually comfort you. Look, look, God is with you. You're not alone. I'm here, yes, but even more, See. your Lord is with you. You have nothing to fear. His rod, his staff, he is with you. So again, like now the shift is someone to help you walk the path. And as the questions and difficulties arise, someone to help you do this discernment work throughout the path as you go. Not to beat a, beat a horse here, but it's like, don't do it alone. You don't need to do it alone. And I would say that's another general principle, right? I think the first general principle is pause, slow down. There's no hurry. And then the second general principle is, as I've said over and over again, we do these things in community. Sometimes that community is one person. Sometimes that community is more than one person. But we don't, we can't, I believe, discern God's truth all by ourselves. And gosh, having two or three friends to walk this path with makes it even that much easier. So I, I guess I would just point out that those principles aren't quick fixes that tell you how to know the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because as we're talking, it just, it, it reminds me of just a, sort of an immature view that I grew up with growing up in the church and, and just sort of the, the, the blanket assumption that this is what it's always going to be like. Obviously this is the right yeah. church. This is the, this is the right religion and I'm, I'm in it and it's going to look the same forever. And as an adult coming to realize it just isn't that simple. It's a little bit more dynamic. It's a little bit more like an exploration than it is a roller yes. coaster where you're just on the tracks and there's no getting off. It's different. It's, right. So everything you're saying, there's definitely I've experienced to be true in my own life. Yeah. It, I was talking with a friend yesterday, actually, and we were talking about this kind of this same idea. And he brought up the idea that what, gosh, what was his example? I can't remember now. He, he connected this to, oh, scriptural passage. If I can remember it, I'll bring it up. But, 
but his in his picture of like this growth this exploration this this sometimes seemingly off the beaten trail kind of thing it was a kind of either or right you're you're leaving one tribe and going into another tribe and you're leaving home and going to a new home and i think there's times that that happens for sure but the image that i have of it is more like expanding the circle and so the image i had of it is the actual transition from the old testament to the new testament mm. it we didn't leave behind the jewish faith christ didn't say they're wrong here's a new thing it's old wineskins new wineskins right it's it's the same wine <laughs> like it's we want the wine but the container needs to be able to expand mm -hmm. and that is often how I think this is working with us. I think God is constantly leading us into wider spaces, more open pastures, bigger expanses, places where we are freer. And in our own lives, that experience can be very scary. Like it can be, I have to leave my tiny little circle and go to another circle and leave. And I don't want to leave behind that. And that's like, that's back to the beginning here. Those folks who are still holding on to you, maybe misplaced care and trying to control you, perhaps. And yet, I think as we expand, it doesn't have to be an antagonistic thing. I don't have to be, leave them behind. Now I'm at war with my old tribe. I think it can be, I appreciate, I even value that place where I started. And there's, God was there for me too, and I don't have to I can just expand. I, my circle can become bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that feels so. Yeah. The, the idea of exploration is really helpful there sure. rather than yeah. leaving behind or destruction. Right. Well, and I mean, we often use the, the term of, of being on a spiritual journey. Even, even scripture talks about us being sojourners in this world, Con contrasting that with a railroad track where here's here's your starting point, here's your destination. It's going to be the same every time. Whereas a right. sojourner is really exploring and not right. just on a track that's going to get them there without any other kind of changes. I don't know. Yeah. And I would say that reminds me of Chesterton's orthodoxy where he's exploring a, he, he describes himself as his path into Christianity was like the guy who went to explore another country but landed on England's shore and didn't know that he had landed back on his home shore. And he explores this new land as if it's brand new and it turns out it's actually his hometown. Yeah. And I think, I think that picture is really helpful here. Underlying my assumptions, the reason like why I feel a lot less concern over people exploring mm -hmm. is because I have a pretty solid faith in the truth. Hmm. Like, or maybe a different way to say that is I have a pretty solid confidence in reality. Mm. In other words, I feel like if you're going to go explore this great big wide world, the only thing that actually exists to be explored is reality itself, truth itself. Everything else, all the lies, all the other stuff, those aren't real. They're ephemeral. And so just like in a scientific exploration, you, you experiment and explore and do stuff long enough in science, you arrive at some concrete things. This is how things operate. 
and you can't arrive anywhere else unless you're fraudulently doing stuff or willfully blind and because that's the way it is. And I feel like that's true here as well. I'm pretty confident in the reality of Christ and I'm very confident in the truth that God is love, that there is correct moral stuff that are you're going to run into the boundaries whether you like it or not. So, so I'm not afraid of people exploring because I think the only thing there really is to explore is truth, mm. is reality. Now, I also want to acknowledge clearly people don't explore it honestly. Sure. Clearly people do willfully blind themselves. Clearly people do ignore the evidences. Obviously, I do that. That's called sin. That's the brokenness. Mm. But my trust is not in your abilities. My trust is not in your goodwill, your ability to not blind yourself. My trust is in God's love of you. And he is not surprised about your willful blindness. The reason I'm less concerned about exploration, even knowing that you are a very untrustworthy or I am a very untrustworthy explorer, is because my trust isn't in you as the explorer or me as the explorer. My trust is in the reality of God, the reality of truth, and in God's love of you, who he wants to be with him. So that would be like, if you want to know my underlying principle here, like why I'm much more open to people exploring things is because I, I, I just believe that God is good and mm -hmm. he's real and you can explore and you're going to find truth. And if you're willfully blinding yourself to it, yeah, well, God knew that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he wants you. <laughs> so I'm not saying everybody's going to find God, but, but again, if that's your question, oh, are you saying that everybody's going to, then I would just challenge you. I think you're what fear is motivating that question? Yeah. Well, and maybe that's a good point to plug podcast at signpostin.org because if somebody wants to chime in on this discussion, would be it would be a Please. really great thing. And in fact, it would be really great because I know enough people that are part of our community at Signpost In. Some of them have some really incredible stories of God bringing them through a winding yeah. path. And if they're interested in sharing that, it'd be really cool to look at some of those. But yeah. We could, we could do it as a, if they're interested in having them read on the podcast where we can just share the s stories of fellow travelers, that could be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, and you brought up, you brought up GK Chesterton. I've got to bring up Lewis because I have to, but it's very similar. What, what we're talking about here is very similar, I think, to what he talks about in the Pilgrim's Regress, right? Because the mm. whole, that whole story He's in pursuit of true joy and he can't find it. And, and he, he abandons the, the orthodoxy that he was raised in because he couldn't, he couldn't see the joy through all the trappings that were laid over it. And so he, he goes on this journey to try and find it. And in the end, he actually finds that the core of basically the spirit of God was there. He just, he just missed it and he had to go on the journey in pursuit of the core that his soul really desired. And he finds it, but it's, right. it's a winding path. Mm -hmm. It's a winding path for mm -hmm. sure. Yep. As we wrap up, I, I think I want to read something to our, our listeners and watchers, but I also want to remind everyone of the, the central signifier. If you're looking for signposts on this path that are pointing in the right direction, and as you come to a crossroads and there are 
all the arrows pointing different directions that one can go. The signpost that points towards love mm. is going to be the one that's true. And just saying it that way leaves open the door for all kinds of misunderstanding. I get it. But this is the Christian answer. This is we have we Christians have known this from the beginning. This Jesus says this so many times. Mm -hmm. Discernment in discerning what's true love and what's fake love, what's what is genuine goodwill and permissive destructiveness. Mm -hmm. That's that's that is not an easy question to answer. It takes time. But but the infallible sign of God's presence is love. And I I would say that just to be somewhat look for that sign. Hmm. Then I want to read something which I just find fascinating and good. I have been reading oh there's a new book called we'll put it in the show notes. It's Meister Eckhart's Book of Darkness and Light: Meditations on the Path of the Wayless Way. Hmm. And these are poems that are inspired by uh, translations of paraphrases of Meister Eckhart's writings he wrote in the 1500s, I believe. And he's a, he's a complicated character. Mm. He's one of those characters that half the people think he's a heretic and half the people think he's a saint, and it's hard to know which. And he writes, many of the poems have these very complicated, they're not telling you something, they're asking you to contemplate something. And this is one of these. This is actually the very first poem in the entire book. I want to leave you with it. It says, if you want to know how to find God... There is no clearer way than seeking him where it was you last left him. If you feel you cannot find God, then retrace your steps. You will surely come upon him there. And I want to leave you with that, not as a here's the answer, but as an invitation to question the feelings and thoughts, resistances, desires that pop up as you listen to that. It's not meant to give you the answer. It's meant to be a platform for discernment. Yeah. What does that mean right now for you? And how is that making you feel or think? Those are the, those are the mm. questions to ask, not what does it mean and am I doing it right? Yeah, that's good. I like it. Thank you, Matt. And listeners, thank you for joining us. If you haven't popped over to YouTube recently, we, we are starting to put all of our podcasts in full glorious video on YouTube so you can actually watch us do these conversations, which again, I apologize for, as I've said before, I have a face for radio. So, but come on over and check us out. It's fun. And we're, we're just looking for new ways to engage and stuff. So we want you to join us there if you'd like. We're going to continue to publish on all the pl podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen, that's fine. We would love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at signpostin.org. And thanks for being a part of this community. Thanks for listening. We really enjoy you. And may the grace of Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Signpost In, a nonprofit Christian ministry dedicated to helping people connect with God and find direction. We offer spiritual direction, treats, and lots of other resources like this podcast. Please visit us at signpostin.org to learn more. We especially want to thank our generous donors who support our work and keep this podcast going. If you've benefited from something you've heard on this show, please consider supporting us by making a tax-deductible gift at signpostin.org donate. 
That's signpostin.org slash donate. And thank you 